We've got a crap ton of NFL news to get to on this Monday. The college football championship is this evening. We'll preview that. The Badgers keep winning. And we got a little nugget when it comes to hot takes that we'll conclude today's podcast on. All coming up on the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in on this Monday to the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. I'm Don Wachillis. Appreciate you logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Apple, or Google, or any of the other five platforms we currently reside on. Glad to have you with us. As always, we thank Soul Boxer for being our presenting sponsor, crafting and bottling bartender quality cocktails. You can enjoy anywhere the bourbon old-fashioned, the brandy old-fashioned, the Manhattan, all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins. You'll find Soul Boxer wherever you pick up your favorite libation. So as I said in a not-so-eloquent way in the tease leading up to the podcast today, there is so much NFL news to get to. Obviously, the Packer-Lion game from yesterday all of the games that took place yesterday and the various scenarios that happened in which some teams found their way into the playoffs, other teams found their way out. We've got a ton of coaching news to get to. That's just on the NFL side of things. And then we look at the college football championship tonight in Indianapolis between Georgia and Alabama. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the Wisconsin Badgers, who considerably are playing some of the best basketball we've seen this Badger basketball program play in quite a while. And then we'll close things out today with why maybe, just maybe, people need to go easy on the hot takes because we know hot takes are a way by which many in the media love to go to now want to be the first one out there the first one to do this the first one to do that and sometimes it will backfire and we'll get to that as we close things out but let's get first of all to the Green Bay Packers who fall to the Detroit Lions yesterday 37 to 30 and yet I don't know about you but at least for me I walk away feeling pretty good that number one the Packers finally allowed their starters to get out there in what was essentially a meaningless game. Let's face it, for the Detroit Lions, that was the Super Bowl yesterday. It was their last game of the year. They were going to go out with a bang, and they did. And what we'll get to in a moment when we start talking about other things in and around the NFL, I did not know how the Lions would respond this year. With the coaching change, with Goff at quarterback, But that team had fight in it. 
And that was, A, a good thing for the Packers because you're playing a, a pretty decent opponent. The Lions are really only a couple of players away, especially at quarterback. I mean, Goff is good, but he's not great. And you get a, a great quarterback with that current team, they're going to make some noise in the NFC North in the future. I think they'll make more noise in the future than what we would see out of Minnesota and Chicago as far as arch rivals go. But on the other hand, in order to beat the Packers, they went and found every single trick play that they could find. They went to every backyard pickup game they could to draw up double reverse flea flickers and you name the trick play. Detroit seemingly ran it yesterday, and it's what gave them their advantage in that win. But if you're the Packers, as I said, you got Aaron Rodgers out there. He got good reps, again, against a good defense to stay sharp, to stay going, to stay in rhythm. You got Devontae Adams, who breaks Jordy Nelson's record. Again, just the fact that the starters were out there. We got David Bakhtiari back. Got a few snaps in to warm up the pad, so to speak, and test things out. You didn't want to have Bakhtiari out there with his first game being an NFL playoff game. And yet, here we go. He's all set and ready to roll now. And now we learn today of the fact that Zadarius Smith has been cleared to practice. So Zadarius Smith could find himself, the Packers' leading pass rusher, on the field once the playoffs begin. And it's been a defense that started the year out yeah, not so well, kind of peaked towards the middle latter half and then towards the end here of the regular season. They were okay. They weren't as good as they were in weeks, oh, we'll say, 8 through 12, but they were okay. Now you bring back a Zadarius Smith. You also add, as we said, David Bakhtiari. Maybe a Jair Alexander will be ready to roll once the playoffs start. It looked, it looked like a team yesterday, and we keep talking about momentum, and I felt pretty good watching the games yesterday because that's all seemingly anybody was talking about as far as the games being broadcast was teams needing momentum going into the playoffs. We saw Dallas throttle Philadelphia on Saturday because they wanted what? They wanted momentum going into the playoffs, especially now going to have to face the San Francisco 49ers. We saw all kinds of teams yesterday talking about momentum. I thought the Packers accomplished that in that first half, getting their starters the reps, and then go ahead and put Jordan Love in and some of those backups in to get valuable experience in the midst of a game. And to say Jordan Love had his issues, sure. But Jordan Love looked a 100 times better against Detroit than he did against Kansas City. Jordan Love looked more confident. And confidence will always come after being on the field, not necessarily always in practice, but being in game situations on the field. So you could see some market growth from Jordan Love from that Kansas City game to the half he played yesterday against Detroit. Now, people can argue about level of defense and situations, and you, you can go right down the list, but Jordan Love did look better. So now the Packers sit with the number one seed they'll get next week off. We're going to get to in a moment 
the playoff bracket uh, in moving forward. But before we get to that, just the idea yesterday, if the NFL, as I mentioned, sits in their office and looks back at the end of the regular season, you couldn't have drawn it up any better. The fact that you had the last regular season game of the year go to overtime, you had a questionable timeout taken by the Chargers after the Chargers mounted what was an incredible comeback after trailing the Las Vegas Raiders and taking it to overtime. That questionable timeout led the Raiders to run the ball, get the first down, kick the field goal, and eliminate the Chargers 35-32. That was your last game, and it had all sorts of playoff implications. If those two teams tie, Pittsburgh is eliminated because the Chargers and the Raiders would have been in. So Pittsburgh fans were sitting on the edge of their seat. It'll be interesting to see what the final TV numbers were for last night's game. Because I think with the implications that it had with a number of teams and their playoff hopes, I think there were a lot of televisions, a lot of monitors, a lot of computers, a lot of phones, whatever people were watching that game on tuned into last night's season finale. So the playoff picture is as follows. Tennessee gets the first round by in the AFC. Pittsburgh, by beating Baltimore yesterday and what took place last night in that Raider-Charger game, now finds themselves with the seven seed. They'll take on Kansas City at Kansas City. New England will go to Buffalo, and the Raiders will take on the Bengals. And in that opening round, probably the most competitive games will be New England and Buffalo and the Raiders and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh, I don't know how Pittsburgh has done it. Mike Tomlin is probably and should be considered as one of the coaches of the year. If you don't base it on record, if you look at what he's dealt with this season with injuries with Ben Roethlisberger, who has been essentially a statue, when's the last time Ben has thrown a pass more than maybe 20 yards down the field? But yet, Mike Tomlin has figured out a way to keep that team together and now finds themselves facing the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Kansas City at home, you have to figure, is going to be a big favorite. On the NFC side, Green Bay obviously with that first round bye. Philadelphia goes to Tampa Bay. Philadelphia that got throttled on Saturday night against the Dallas Cowboys because they were resting a lot of players. And now this is always the great debate, right? That whole momentum scenario that we've been discussing, or do you go ahead and rest some of these guys and allow them to get healthy before you make that playoff push? We'll see how it works out. Philadelphia goes to Tampa. San Francisco goes to Dallas. The 49ers beating the Rams yesterday after trailing by 17. Now, there were a couple of things that were noteworthy about the 49ers. Number one, if you're the Cowboys, you're nervous. You just are because when we talk about momentum, the 49ers right now have momentum. And number two, as good as the Cowboys are with their pass rush, that's equally how poor they are stopping the run. 
what can the 49ers do? They can run the football. So being at home is good, but that 49er-Dallas Cowboy matchup is going to be interesting, as well as the Cardinals and the Rams. The Cardinals, playing the Seahawks yesterday, absolutely stunk it up. The Rams gave up a 17-point lead. So neither one of these teams is going into this opening round with any sort of, again, momentum. The Cardinals are the most untrustworthy team that I think exists in the NFL right now when we talk about an upper echelon team. Because one week, as we noted the other time on a podcast, they can just roll and look phenomenal. And then they go up against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, let's face it, the Seahawks could barely tread water this year and lost to them. The Rams have a 17-point lead against the 49ers, can't hold on, and end up losing the game. Two teams right now struggling a little bit. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that particular playoff game matches up. The games themselves, uh, on Saturday, it'll be the Raiders and Bengals, followed by the Patriots and Bills. Then when we get to Sunday, it's Eagles and Tampa, 49ers and Dallas. The night game will be Pittsburgh and Kansas City. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and we'll see if all of the hype around getting that first round by for the Green Bay Packers is definitely worth it, and will they be able to maintain what they took into that first half against the Detroit Lions uh, yesterday into, as I said, that playoff round once next week's uh, games have taken place. The other thing that has occurred on this Black Monday, as it's as it's known uh, year after year, is the number of coaches that have already been fired. We already know Urban Meyer is out at Jacksonville. We already know John Gruden being out with the Raiders. So there are two teams looking for, obviously, a head coach. Mike Zimmer and the general manager with the Minnesota Vikings, out. Matt Nagy and the general manager with the Chicago Bears, out. So right now we have half the teams in the NFC North looking for a head coach. Vic Vangio with Denver out. Surprisingly, there are a lot of people that think Denver, as well as Pittsburgh, are going to be pushing hard to find a quarterback in the offseason. Both of those teams obviously have been talked about extensively. If Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, that those could be two landing spots. The coaches in some of these situations will be determined by what the general manager feels as if they need. And so if a a team like Denver feels they can get somebody who they think would connect well to an Aaron Rodgers, they may use that as trade bait to attract somebody like Aaron to say, hey, come play with us, because Denver really – from top to bottom, has a decent team. They just don't have strong quarterback play. And you saw that against the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Denver had the opportunity to win that game, but a fumble and a pick a pickup and return by the Chiefs is what separated those two teams and gave Kansas City the win. If they can come up with 
a head quarterback, a head quarterback, if they can come up with a head coach that could attract a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, I think that's what the mindset of the Denver Broncos is right now. The puzzle of the day is the fact that Brian Flores is out at Miami. And when we talk about teams that are successful, not only do you have a quality head coach, but the front office is made up of people who understand the NFL side of business, of contracts, of player acquisitions, of player development, of player evaluation. You get where I'm going with this? Miami is seriously putting their foot in their mouth. Brian Flores is going to get snatched up. Brian Flores, you could, I would imagine, you could see him easily with the Bears. I don't know about the Vikings. The Vikings had a defensive-minded coach in Zimmer, and I think they might be looking elsewhere. But Brian Flores easily could find himself with the Bears. He could easily find himself in Jacksonville. Brian Flores is going to get a job. Now, the talk is is that there was a discrepancy as far as assistant coaches between he and the front office on what he wanted to keep or let go and vice versa, and that then led to what has been said, a mutual parting of the ways. But Brian Flores is a doggone good coach, and he's gotten that team with Tua to two winning seasons, back-to-back winning seasons. And, yes, I know they didn't make the playoffs, but I don't know if Tua is necessarily the quarterback that Miami hoped he was when they drafted him. And yet, Flores, after a rough start this year, got that team to a winning record. So Brian Flores is out, but I'll tell you, he will be one of the first, I think, that is nabbed up by what is now six openings in the NFL. And the other one you have to figure will open up, and that is Joe Judge with the New New York Giants. Joe Judge yesterday, you'll see it on social media if you haven't seen it already, running what looks like high school formations backed up on their own five and running quarterback sneaks back-to-back. Now, remember, this is the same Joe Judge who a couple of weeks ago called out, you know, the Washington football team for being a clown show and, and made probably some statements that other coaches wouldn't make. But he's doing things in the last few weeks that if you follow the New York Giants or if you are a New York Giant fan – you you got to be just screaming. I think New York Sport Talk Radio today, anytime they bring up the Giants, would be fascinating. As much as I love Chicago radio when the Cubs lose or the Bears lose and listening to people lose their minds, I bet you right now New York Sports Radio is going bananas. Their phones are going bonkers talking about the New York Giants. And if you're the Jets, you're like, thank you. We're awful. We are terrible. But everybody wants to talk about the Giants because Joe Judge apparently lost his mind somewhere in the last three or four weeks. So we've got, as I said, six openings with the potential for seven. So we get ready for the NFL playoffs as they'll begin next week. And then after next week, we'll figure out who the Packers will be up against. On the other side of this quick timeout, the college football championship is tonight. Let's preview it 
in just a sec. Let's get into the college football playoff, actually the championship that happens this evening. It'll start at 7 p.m. You'll find it on ESPN. It's between Alabama and Georgia, two teams that met up in the SEC championship game in which Alabama pounded Georgia 41-24. to Coming into this game, you find Alabama being an underdog. The, the quote-unquote experts who pick these things, it, it's almost split in half. You'll find those that will take Alabama in a close game. You'll find those that will take Georgia in a close game. How do you go against Nick Saban? Now, that's not to say he's perfect, but I don't know how you go against Nick Saban. I just don't. I think the fact that Nick Saban is by far the best coach in college football will have his team ready. The pressure on Georgia right now has to be immense. This has been their Achilles heel. Alabama has been their Achilles heel. If Georgia would have taken care of business in the SEC championship game, Alabama would not even entered the playoff picture. But because they were unable to, we get what is the SEC championship game, part two. It all, for me, will rely on the quarterback play of Bryce Young. If Bryce Young, first of all, if Bill O'Brien can figure out a way to spread the Georgia defense out, if Bill O'Brien can put some wrinkles in, which seemingly Alabama does better than anybody, but if he can spread Georgia out a little bit, if Bryce Young can play like Bryce Young did in the SEC championship, not what we saw at Texas A&M and not what we saw at Auburn, but if he can play like he did in the SEC championship, I don't, I don't see how Alabama loses. And I don't see how Alabama goes into tonight being, at some at some books, a three-point dog. Got to like Alabama, their tradition, and what they're bringing to the table until Georgia can beat them, right? We, we always thought about Ohio State, Michigan, and everybody jumped on Ohio State. Why? Because Michigan could never figure out a way to beat Ohio State. Well, Michigan did that this year, and now – you kind of wonder then if your pick will be as solid moving forward because of the fact that they finally beat their Goliath. David finally beat Goliath. Well, until Georgia comes away with a victory against Alabama, I have to go with Alabama uh, into tonight's game. One other note here before we move on, and that is this. We were talking about the coaching vacancies and just bringing up Michigan is what made me think of it. Many people are talking about Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh coming back in to the NFL. Many people think it would be Chicago. The ties are there, the Midwest, we we get the whole picture. He played for them, so forth and so on. With the Miami job opening up, 
I think you need to be aware that there is a connection between ownership in Miami and the University of Michigan. I sincerely think that you could see a Jim Harbaugh, if he jumps ship, not go to Chicago, but find himself at Miami. Just something to ponder, something to think about, because Harbaugh is one of those names that continually keeps getting thrown into the mix. And now with this connection between ownership in Miami and and the University of Michigan, I I think there's something there. Um other other than just one of those, eh, it's a connection, but it's no big deal. So just keep an eye on that. I think Harbaugh to Miami is uh, is pretty strong. Whether that happens or not, I have no idea. But I think that connection there is pretty strong, and I think we might see some chatter with regards to that in the next upcoming days or, or even in the next upcoming weeks. All right, on the other side of this timeout, let's talk about college basketball and especially the Wisconsin Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers continue to roll a 3-0 and week this this upcoming, or this past week, I should say, in the Big Ten last night, hanging on and beating Maryland. And we'll talk about those Wisconsin Badgers in just a second. All right, let's talk about the Wisconsin Badgers, who capped off a impressive week in the Big Ten by beating Maryland on the road 70-69 to last night, the 23-ranked team in the country, blew a 21-point lead, but held on. And that, to me, was the difference between what we saw last year out of the Wisconsin Badgers and what we're seeing this year, Johnny Davis had 19, but Tyler Wall had a career-high 21 to help lead the Wisconsin basketball program to that win. And yet, as I was saying, last year that team not only would have lost that lead, but would have self-destructed in the process. Basketball has that ebb and flow to it. And you can have a 21-point lead and lose it the way they did last night. But the Badgers found a way to toughen up, to get back into their offense, play some really good defense down the stretch, and then do something towards the end of the game that was strategy personified by head coach Greg Gard. Brad Davison goes to the line. They're up by one. He misses the front end. Time is at a minimum. I had two point some odd seconds left. So essentially, Greg Gard understands that in order for Maryland to win, they're going to have to make a three-quarter shot. So probability, analytics is on your side. That's not going to happen. And Brad Davison purposefully, he says five times fast, misses the second free throw, hits it beautifully in essence off that back plate, By the time Maryland gets the rebound, outlet passes and throws up a prayer, it's nowhere close, and the Badgers come away with that victory. Now, one site is reporting that the Badgers to this point have played the 10th toughest schedule in all of Division I basketball. 
And so there are many different ways you can rate, obviously, how the schedule is proceeding with each and every team. But if we take that site at its word and they have played the 10th toughest schedule to date, it's a pretty impressive run right now for the Badgers who sit at 13-2 and overall. So we'll have to see how this week goes. You know there's going to come a hiccup here somewhere along the line. The Big Ten, a powerhouse conference again this year when it, we're talking about basketball. So we'll see when that hiccup comes and when they get that loss, how will they bounce back from it? Because the law averages is they're not going to run the table in the Big Ten. Let's see how when they get that hiccup, how they then respond. So another good week as far as college basketball goes, obviously, with Wisconsin, with Marquette, who had a nice week uh, prior as well. I mean, we're looking at our two big Division One teams in the state going undefeated last week. We'll see what again happens this week. UWM with a tough loss over the weekend on national TV on the road. UWM starting to find its rhythm a little bit. And hopefully somebody like Patrick Baldwin Jr. can get healthy and get over that ankle injury. And we start to see what we thought the Panthers were going to be going into this season. Let's wrap the show up today and talk about hot takes. Let's see if uh, if what I have to say makes any sense. And that's how we'll wrap things up today. And we'll do it in just a sec. So let's wrap things up today and talk about hot takes. And hot takes have seemingly taken over social media, podcasts, uh, shows we listen to on the radio or on XM or shows that we watch that are simulcast on TV because everybody wants to be first. There used to be this journalistic um, rule, we'll call it, that you needed two sources. Like, find out the story that you got from a source, back it up with another secondary source, someone that you trust, and then proceed if you feel like all the facts are lined up. Well, social media has changed that. Now we just throw things out, and we wait and see what happens. And sometimes we throw things out because we want to have the attention brought to us. We can claim or disclaim it once things kind of get some traction underneath it, but we just want to throw it out there. So there's two ways I think it gets done. One, we report something, whether we understand it to be fact or not. It's a rumor. I got, in this case, a text, and I'll explain it in just a second. Um, I want to get it out there. Should we put it? Yeah, let's put it out there, and then we'll react to it. The Twitter world will react to it. Instagram will react to it. And then if we need to backtrack, we'll do so later. The other is opinion, a hot take, right? We give our opinion, but many a times as time moves forward, that opinion gets forgotten. We do things in order, again, to grab headlines. So the first one took place this past week, and it took place in New York, 
and it was all part of the CBS afternoon show in which Boomer Esiason is a part of, and he gets a text. And so while he's on the air, it's Boomer and Geo, and I'm getting this off of Funhouse, a social media app, and let me play you what was said on their show and then talk about it here on the other side. Want to read it? I can read the whole thing if you want yeah, me to. Yeah, go ahead. You can read it. All right, I'll read the whole thing. Boom, the Rogers saga continues to get crazier and crazier. I've been told by multiple people in Aaron's direct circle that if the Packers make the Super Bowl, he will use the week leading up to the Super Bowl to prove a major point. He will threaten the NFL by saying he won't play in the big game or next season if they don't eliminate some of the COVID-related rules. One big one that upsets him the most is the testing of non-symptomatic players. He's told Jordan Love to be ready. Like you said, he's got to make it first. But Super Bowl week will be set on fire and send Goodell in a frenzy navigating the situation. Now, can I say what, what area of the country this is from? I mean, who are we protecting really here at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So it's yeah, a, of course you want it out, right? I mean, you. All right. So that's the snippet from Boomer and Geo. Uh, their afternoon show in New York is part of the CBS Sports Network. As I said, I took that off of Funhouse, which uh, had it on social media, was replaying uh, the clip via Twitter. And that's a perfect example of, listen, I got this text. Should we read it? Shouldn't we read it? Yeah, let's read it. Why? Because it's going to get a lot of hits. That's the nature of the business right now. Now, both of them would later kind of come to the conclusion that what they what they received, I'll call it a prank. I don't know if they want to call it that, but it wasn't necessarily what they deemed 100% credible. There are some people I saw on social media thought that it was thrown out there because Aaron Rodgers wanted it thrown out there because Aaron Rodgers could then plausibly deny anything because he didn't say it, but at least it gets the conversation. And then there are others that thought maybe it was just – a stunt in order to, again, attract the hits that you get on social media. So these are the types of things that we have to wade through continually, and it's the type of things that can get a little bit frustrating because a lot of people will dive into those hot takes. They'll take bits and pieces and then run away with whatever story they want to manifest from there. So let's be careful when we think about hot takes. I want to give you one more example and this, again, comes from the social media uh, site Funhouse. And it is when, as they say, the exact date they knew that Matt LaFleur would be a good coach because here's the take Colin Coward had a couple of years ago when the Packers hired Matt LaFleur. I made two calls on Matt LaFleur last night to NFL sources. You know what the, they say about Matt LaFleur? People weren't sure he had the stature, the gravitas, and the alpha to lead a group of men as a coordinator, not a coach. Congratulations on hiring somebody who people question whether he has the stature and gravitas, the alpha, the it, to lead a coordinator's meeting. Maybe you've heard... Aaron Rodgers is aging. He ran a Super Bowl winning coach out of town. Good luck to Matt 
All right, so that was Colin Coward a couple of years ago. Again, that segment taking from Funhouse on their Twitter account. And again, it's another example of a hot take. Now, somebody like Colin Coward gets paid to give his opinion. And so taking and listening to someone's opinion, such as Colin Coward, can be extremely entertaining. And by no means am I bashing Colin Coward at all. I'm not bashing Boomer and Geo at all. All I'm saying is, while you're enjoying those that give out hot takes, understand sometimes you have to take them with a grain of salt. That's not to say other things that they've said haven't been 100% correct. But take things with a grain of salt and not always necessarily buy into and judge something based on what can be simply a hot take. All right, that'll wrap it up for us here on this Monday on the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Enjoy the college football championship this evening. We'll talk about it when we get together on Wednesday. I'm Don Wachillis. Take care of yourself.